I'm going to start in verse uh, 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave him up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, this morning, we're going to pray here in just a moment, um, uh, but this, we've, we've start, got into a series on marriage, and I'm going to back up just a little bit and set what, what I believe is really an important foundation for, for marriage, uh, going back to the verses that we talked about, being filled with the Spirit, and, and also this, this concept of submitting to one another out of reverence for, for Christ. So let's pray and uh, just see what God has for us today. I'm, I'm very excited about what he has laid on my heart to share with you, and uh, we'll go to work. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We lay ourselves at your feet. We offer ourselves to you. We love you. We cling to you. You mean everything to us. We yield ourselves to you. We are here to be taught by you, to be filled with you, to be utterly controlled you and controlled by you in every aspect of our being. And we ask you now that you would open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. And I believe that the things that we have to look at this morning are wonderful things. And Lord, we ask you to, uh, to be our teacher. We ask your spirit to come into this place, to come in and work in every heart in a special way. Uh, to teach us these things in power and in truth. Sanctify us in truth, and your word is truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps the most supernatural result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you are glad to submit to others. The world tells you to demand your rights, to stand up for yourself, to be true to yourself, to look out for number one, and so on. Yet God, speaking to us through Paul, 
says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, or be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. That's New American Standard. This attitude of submission is one of the primary effects of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the context, it says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So each one of you is called to be filled with the Spirit. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You are to be so under the influence of the Spirit that you are singing to the Lord and making melody or making music in your heart to Him. Your thoughts and your emotions, your attitudes are to be so permeated by the Holy Spirit that you are thankful for everything in your life. And you are to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that you are willing, even eager, to submit your will to everyone else. To be subject means to place under or to place yourself under another. It is the opposite of dominating others. It is the opposite of exalting yourself over others. Romans 12.10 says, outdo one another in showing honor or give preference to one another in honor. So submission is voluntarily surrendering your rights or privileges for the benefit of another. It is a readiness to defer to someone else. It is a readiness to defer to others, to consider the interests of others above or before your own. It is seeking to please another person, to do another person's will above or before your own. Jesus himself is a perfect example of this quality. He said in John 8, 38, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Philippians 2, 3 through 6 says, With humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. So submitting to one another is being like Christ. It is laying aside your rights and humbly serving one another in love. This is one of the most greatly emphasized qualities in the Bible, certainly in the New Testament. We are called over and over and over again to be subject to one another, sort of place ourselves under each other. And your willingness to do that is one of the most clearly identifying marks the Holy Spirit will leave on your character. And if you're a person who's been worked on by the Holy Spirit, This quality will rise up in your life and will be seen, it will be evident. It's a a clearly identifying mark of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God is filling your heart and your thoughts, you will be supportive and helping. You are willing to get underneath others and lift 
them up. You're willing to be subject to one another. A, a Bible teacher by the name of Robert Diffen, Diffenbaugh tells a remarkable story that I think very well il- illustrates this attitude of heart. He says, several years ago, I was speaking at a missions conference in India. We were riding in a van on our way to the tent where the conference was being held. We noticed several ladies walking beside the road whom we knew to be going to this conference. And so we stopped to give them a ride. The seat of the van, the seats of the van were already filled. There was a box on the floor that I had been using for a seat. When the ladies entered the van, I started to sit on the floor so that one of the women could use the box to sit on. A godly older man who was one of the officers of the mission strongly resisted my efforts to sit on the floor. He wanted to give up his seat so that I would not give up mine. And I will never forget what he said. He said to me, if you sit on the floor, I will lie on it. In his mind, I was a guest speaker and therefore had to be given a place of honor. It was bad enough that I should be sitting on a box, but when I attempted to sit on the floor, that was going too far. He would not hear of it. He must be in a lower position than I. So if I sat on the floor, he would have had to lie down on the floor. This man not only knew about submission, he was committed to practice it. For him, submission was a way of thinking and a way of life. And so we, too, are to learn something from that man, and we are to be that committed to getting under each other. We are to be that eager to show honor to each other, that willing to take the lower place. Now, I firmly believe all that Paul wrote about headship and submission in the home. But there is a reason that he started the discussion of all the relationships, wives and husbands, parents and children, masters and slaves. He started all of these, this discussion about all of these relationships with this statement to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because this attitude, this mutual submission is the foundation of all our relationships, all our interactions with each other. Good marriages, good parent-child relationships, good relationships in our places of work, good relationships with all those in authority all flow out from this attitude of heart. In all these relationships, uh, and as, but especially in the home, these relationships have potential for tension and friction. And yet, if we are eager and willing to place ourselves under one another, we will have real peace and harmony in our homes and outside the home. So if you are filled with the Spirit, I mean, if the Spirit of God really is affecting your mind, your emotions, your thinking, your attitudes, you will be filled with joy and singing and thankfulness for everything, and you are glad to take the lower place. And if that is the case, if you are filled with the Spirit, if you're filled with joyful singing, giving thanks in everything, or for everything to God the Father, and you are glad to take the lower place, it is almost impossible to get into a fight. 
This submitting to one another is a key to peace. It is a key to overcoming conflict. It is what is needed for all our relationships in life to work. Conflict does not primarily come from lack of communication skills. It doesn't primarily come because you don't know how to say it just right. It comes from being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. In any relationship, there's going to be differences of opinion, different desires, different wills. And without this attitude of considering yourself subject to one another, you're just going to have lots of head-on collisions with other people. And especially with your spouse. And the problem today is that you are taught to think, you are taught to think, how can I fulfill myself? What is in this relationship for me? Or what about me? What will I get out of this? And then you find that your desires to satisfy yourself are being sabotaged sabotaged by that other person. They become someone who is in the way. They keep getting in the way of your happiness or your desires or what you think will fulfill you. And you become disillusioned with the relationship. It reminds me of the despair expressed in the old eagle song, you see it your way, I see it mine, but we both see it slipping away. Two people not submitting or being subject to one another. Well, God's answer is far different than man's ideas. God does not give you a list of rules for relationships. He does not give you a way to win friends and influence people. Uh, He does not give you the latest communication techniques. What he gives you is the attitude of Christ in your heart, in your marriage, and in all your relationships. He gives you the desire and even the power through the Holy Spirit to, to place yourself underneath the other person. And like, like what Josh said earlier about it's in denying yourself that we find ourselves. It's in, it's in losing life that we find life. And so God says, love and give yourself away and put yourself underneath another person. Do not think of yourself first and you will find yourself and you'll find peace and happiness in your relationship. You know, I hope I'm not being cynical here, but honestly, some of the things written on how to have a better marriage, I think, are so silly and they so miss the heart of the matter. And I feel like what God speaks to us here in Ephesians 5 goes right to the heart of the matter, right to what is needed in your marriage relationship and in all relationships with people, but particularly marriage as we're especially focusing on that. You know, I just picked picked up a book um, this week and it, you know, some of the suggestions were write I love you in a creative way such as in the sand or in the snow. Or for Valentine's Day, fix a bubble bath and serve dinner in the bathtub. Marriage relationships do not have peace and happiness because you plan exotic parties for each other or because you trade outrageous gifts. And, you know, I know everybody's different. There may be 
different things that you like to do to express and show your love. I'm not knocking being creative and finding different ways to show love. But marriage relationships do not have peace and happiness because of these things. You have peace when you do things God's way, when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are singing and making melody and worshiping the Lord in your heart, when you're always giving thanks for everything to God the Father, and you are gladly being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. The command to submit to someone in this world is not just a command given to wives. It is, and we will get to that somewhat later in the message and maybe in some... In, in, hopefully in a follow-up message that I really want to do on this. But this, the command to submit to, to someone is not just a command given to wives. This command is first directed toward every believer. Just as we are all to be filled with the Spirit, just as we are all to be worshiping the Lord with music in our hearts, just as we are all to be always giving thanks to God for everything, we all are to be submitting to one another. Stephen Cole said, every spirit-filled Christian is a submissive Christian. John Calvin said, God has bound us so strongly to each other that no man ought to endeavor to avoid subjection. Where love reigns, mutual services will be rendered. I do not even accept kings and governors except whose very authority is held for the service of the community. All men should be exhorted to be subject to each other in their turn. And this shows up in every area of life. Several years ago, there were, uh, there were some young people at uh, Des Moines Fellowship Church, church that, church that uh, I used to go to before we started Real Life Church. Uh, they had formed a, a, a worship band called Narrow Road. And one night they were having a practice session at church. And before long, uh, a lady who lived next door to the church was pounding at the door. And she was out of control and just laid into the kids about how much noise they were making. And they, pro- they probably were loud. And the kids um, apologized. They wrapped up their practice and went home. And later, one of the kids in the band named Jed told me this. He said, we had to decide, are we going to show her grace and life or are we going to demand our rights? I was so impressed with that. I don't know how old he was, but probably 17 or 18. And even at 17 or 18 years old, he realized that the response of grace and life was to show submission. The response of the Holy Spirit is to be subject to one another. The motivation for submitting to one another is reverence for Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submission to another person comes out from your fear or reverence for Christ. In every relationship, in every interaction, there is you, there is another person, and there is Christ. There is the very real presence of Christ. For example, in your marriage, there's there's you, whether you're a wife or husband, there's your spouse, and there is Christ. And so, out of reverence for this 
third person in the relationship, you submit yourself to the other person. Out of consideration for Christ and his presence, you do this. Often the other person has not demonstrated an attitude that deserves this response from you. But it is reverence for Christ that moves you to submit. You submit because he asks you to and because he is Lord and because you have a holy fear of displeasing or disappointing him. Submitting to one another is manifested in different ways, in different roles and relationships. This concept of submitting to one another does not mean that we are all just running around with no structure. It is clear that God has ordained authority. There is submission to God. There is submission to government rulers. There is submission of wives to husbands, of children to parents, of slaves to masters or, or employees to employers. There is submission to church leaders. But it does mean that in all relationships, there is an application by all parties of this attitude, this humble attitude of being willing to get underneath the other person. And Paul goes on from this verse, verse 21, to apply submission to specific relationships. He addresses wives and husbands, children and parents, slaves and masters. And it's interesting that in each relationship, the first person receives a special command or a special instruction to submit to the other. But the second person is in the relationship is also given instructions that show in a different way they also are subject to the needs of the other person. So we all relate to one another out of this attitude that comes out of reverence for Christ. So even those in positions of authority or headship or leadership show a kind of submission to those under their authority by serving them in love and not by being domineering or assertive. For example, um, elders are to lead, to teach, to correct those in opposition, even to rebuke when necessary. Uh, But that is to be done without being haughty or overbearing. Peter told the elders, to shepherd the flock, but not lord it over those in your charge. Shepherd the flock, but not lording it over those, not lording it over those in your charge, but proving to be examples. No Christian in any position should, should, should convey the attitude that I'm the boss, I wear the pants, you'll do what I say, or else. Even the Apostle Paul, in all his apostolic authority, said, not that we lord it over your faith, but we are workers with you for your joy. God says the husband is the head of the wife. And as the head of your home, husbands, you do not shirk from that position of headship or leadership. But in that position, you lay aside authoritarian manners or attitudes, and you lead with humility. You, you express submission, even in that role, by loving your wife as your own self. John Calvin said, When a husband lovingly bears the burden of his wife, is that not subjection? 
Paul said in Colossians 3.19, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You're called to give up yourself for your wife. Verse 28, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Husbands, nourish and cherish your wives as you do your own flesh and as Christ does the church. So these are all commands that require us as husbands to go very low in a very, in a very real way to subject ourselves to the needs of our, of our wife, to get underneath them and love them with this kind of sacrificial love that Christ showed to the church. Even Jesus Christ, being supreme Lord of the universe, submitted himself to his disciples and he washed their feet. And he said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, as your Lord, have washed your feet, so also you should wash one another's feet. So that's the attitude that we should do. I mean, Christ, in the most exalted place in the universe, take, took this kind of, of attitude of, of submitting himself in this sense to wash the disciples' feet. And he set that example that we should live out our lives in that way. We should be washers of other people's feet. That should be the heart and attitude in every relationship with one another. Uh, Again, to quote Robert Diffenbaugh, he said, Christ submits to the church by seeking its blessing at his expense. And that is the way that submission is to be expressed by husbands. It is seeking the blessing of your wife at your own expense. It is the submission of self-sacrifice, the submission of love. Christ himself, all throughout the New Testament, is given to us as our example of submission. Uh, the most primary example is found in, in uh, 1 Peter. And Peter goes to great length to tell how Christ submitted himself to men. Christ submitted himself even to those who unjustly treated him. And it says that he and his example of how he did this is given to all of us as an example to follow in his steps. And Peter says, as we follow in his steps, then we are to submit ourselves to every human institution, to kings, to governors, to masters, to all in authority. Then Peter turns to wives and he says, in this same way, you wives be subject your own husband, which is exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So I don't want to talk to the ladies in the room just for a moment, first particularly to wives. So wives, what should your reaction be when you hear this? Well, I'm going to say that this should not sound strange or shocking to you at all. Because you know that this is a primary quality that Jesus has called you to, just like we've been talking about 
all morning so far. (laughs) And because as a spirit-filled woman, you are already predisposed to being submissive, you know that being filled with the Spirit will lead you to be subject to one another as a general attitude of life. You know that God has called you to be submissive as all spirit-filled Christians are. And if if you're living in the fruit and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you are already living out this quality. This is part of your DNA as a spirit-filled Christian. So I submit to you that you should not uh, groan. You should say, of course. If you, are, if you are filled with the Spirit, you have already relinquished control of your life to someone else, the Spirit of God. So you are, you are already to be operating in this realm of submission. This, this is part of our, our DNA. So in one sense, this is no big deal. Okay? You're not put off by this. You're not offended by this. You do not resist and fight this because you know this is what we are called to in the Spirit. And in the plan of God, in the mind of God, He has called you as a wife to show this this heavenly quality, this divine quality of submission that all of us are to exhibit that all of us are to live in, but God has called you as a wife to show this this heavenly quality of submission in a very special way for a very special purpose in your marriage. Every place in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit addresses wives, it is always with this command. Wives, submit to your husbands. And I could read the other passages in Colossians or Peter, we already just read. But every place it says, wives, submit to your husbands. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. It's interesting. He he does not, when he addresses husbands, he does not say to husbands, you are the head, guys. He says, husbands, love your wives. But he does tell wives that, that the husband is the head of the wife. And the wife is called in a special way, in a unique way, to demonstrate this special quality of submission that we all are called to, but yet wives are called to to demonstrate it in a very obvious way in the home to their husbands. God does not say that all women are subject to all men, at least not in the manner that you are to your husband. Uh, Clearly it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. He does not say that women are in any way inferior to men. I know that, I mean, women are better at men in all kinds of things. Uh, just, it just, just happens. There's lots of things that I could point to that my wife is far better at than I am. Wives and husbands are equal before God. They share equally in salvation, eternal rewards, eternal glory. Being submissive does not mean losing your identity or becoming a non-person, a robot with no will, no opinion, no voice. But it does mean that in a very distinct way, you are called by God to give yourself over to the headship of your husband, to yield yourself to him, to voluntarily place yourself under him. 
three words that I think help express this attitude are support. Number one, that's the first word, support. You are for him, and he knows it. And just like the song said that we, that we sang this morning, talking about God, he is for us, not against us. Uh, wives, that's one way that you show submission, through support. He knows that you are for him. You are for him. You show him that you are for him. You are not against him. It means that you do, you do things to please him. In a sense, you are a cheerleader for him. You are, an, you are an encourager. You are his biggest supporter and encourager. Second word, I think, this communicates this idea of submission is respect. You show honor to your husband. You do not nag or insult or put him down. You know, at the, at the summary uh, of this entire passage on marriage, Paul says, each one of you must love his wife even as he loves himself. And the wife must see that she respects her husband. So this idea of respect is a key part of being, of submitting to your husband. A commentator by the name of Thomas Constable said, Respecting means voluntarily lifting up another person for special consideration, treatment, and obedience. It means showing consideration for his responsibilities, praying, him. I do not believe that the, um, this kind of the obedience of a wife to her husband is the same kind as a child to a parent. Different words are used. It's not that. But yet there is, there is this willingness to go along. There's this willingness to follow. It's, there's this willingness to, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever you're going, I'm with you. The third word is help. You assist him. You help him. You, be, you help him become all that God has called him to be. As it says in Proverbs, you do him good and not evil. You compliment him. And I'm not using this word in the sense that you tell him how wonderful he is. You, you, but you compliment him by completing what is lacking in his life. This, this, the word in, in Genesis is you are a, a, a help meet. You are a helper suitable for him. But you, you compliment what he needs. You are there to help give him what he needs in order that you both can go out and glorify God and carry out the mission that God has assigned to you. You know, some wives ask, why can't I just love my husband? You know, I love my husband. Why do I have to submit to him? Why all this talk about submission? Or why does this submission thing even have to come up? Well, first of all, because God says so, and God brings this out as an emphasis for wives. But be also because submission is a way of showing love. It's, a, it's one of the most primary ways that we show love to one another, even in any situation or relationship. Just by deferring, being subject, putting yourself underneath another person, that's how you show love. And that is the primary way of showing love that God has called you as a wife. God has called you to show love to your husband by being subject to him. Husbands, when it says to you, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, 
You don't resist that costly kind of love. You don't resent having to pay that kind of price to love and care for your wife. You do not become bitter at all that you must give up for her. In fact, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not become embittered against her. You do not become bitter at the price of supporting her financially or emotionally or in any other way. You embrace it because you know that as a spirit-filled Christian, you are to be submitting yourself to one another. And so you are willing to go lower than your, your, your wife and lift her up and meet her need. In a spirit-filled frame of mind, you not only think of your own interests, but of her interests, and you serve her in that way. You know that she is one flesh with you, so you love her as your own body. You nourish and cherish your wife. You take care of her. With all the strength you have, you see to it that she is thriving emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Well, I believe submission to one another applies to every relationship. It applies to how you and I react to each other within the church, no matter what our roles are. It applies to how you interact even with your own family, with your children, certainly with your spouse. And especially we're going to focus, and we have been and will be focusing on marriage. And this is what goes on in a spirit-filled marriage. This sort of both being subject to one another, expressed in different ways, the wife by respecting and submitting to her husband, the husband is expressed in him through giving up himself just as Christ gave himself up for the church and loving the church in that way. But this is what goes on in a spirit-filled home. And there might be some here who think, man, that's just impossible. And in a way it is. Just a few verses earlier, we are, t- we are told about our old self and our new self. And our old self, our old human nature, does not relish either one of these roles. But the gospel has taught us to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to put on the new self, which is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so as you... As you let the Holy Spirit permeate your heart and your mind, you can't do this without being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why it says, first of all, be filled with the Spirit. Then as you are filled with the Spirit, you sing and make melody in your heart, you give thanks for all things, and you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. But as you let the Holy Spirit permeate your heart and your mind, as you let him fill every thought and attitude. And I mean being, being careful, literally, as it says, being careful how you walk, be careful how you live with every thought, with every attitude. You are to sing to the Lord, to give thanks in all things, and then you also will have the grace and humility to be subject to one another. Now, I hope to take another message... And, do, and, and focus on uh, husbands and wives even more thoroughly. Uh, 
But I felt so impressed by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God that, that this attitude of mutual submission is so vital in our lives. And it's, I mean, it's, it, it's vital at where you work. It's vital to have this in every relationship with your extended family, uh, with your neighbors, everything. Uh, but, it, but it is so vital also in our marriage and in our marriages and in our, in our homes. So I felt uh, just compelled to, uh, to emphasize that, that spirit-filled quality of a submissive spirit that God has called all of us to. And then these things will, we'll see how these things work out even in, in more uh, detail and practice in a, in a little bit in a future message, perhaps in a couple of weeks. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for speaking to husbands and wives. We are so needy in our marriages, Lord. We need to know how to do things, and we thank you for loving us enough to tell us how to live our lives in our marriages and other relationships. God, we thank you so much for the Holy Spirit enabling, calling, working in us to create this attitude of Christ, the attitude which Christ so beautifully and powerfully demonstrated to be, to be subject to one another. Uh, we commit this time to you, ask, ask you to uh, go with us now as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.